everyone to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Hey, Natalie. Hi. (laughs) For our final episode in this Cancer Awareness series, we are bringing you an incredible story. She is a client, a wife, a mother, and an elementary teacher, Leslie McLaughlin. Thank you for joining us and being willing and open to tell us your story today. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here with you guys and... I've listened to many podcasts and have been so inspired and they've been so life-giving. So it's an honor too that you have invited me to be one of your guests. I'm exceptionally excited about this conversation because I remember the day I spoke to your mom. Actually, I think it was an evening. And like every mom, she broke down and began to cry while she was explaining to me the diagnosis and just where you were at with treatment. I think a doctor or a practitioner from the clinic that I work with closely referred me to you. It was especially gripping to me because I thought, there you have it. There's the heart of a mom just hemorrhaging for her daughter. You'd think you were 12 years old and she was going to stop at nothing to get you the help you needed. But I remember saying to her, after listening to a very detailed and carefully outlined explanation of what you'd been going through, I remember saying, get her in right away. Yesterday was not soon enough. And she jumped right on it. And you know, your mom dots every I, crosses every T. She made an appointment right away. And I just was so touched by her love, her compassion, her intensity, and her fear. And when I met you, it was just, I knew something special was going to happen. But I also knew we had to get you in right away. So will you tell us a little bit about your story? Sure. Well, when my mom called, it had been about a month after my last chemo treatment, about three months after my surgery, which consisted of a single mastectomy. And I think that while we believe that I was probably cancer-free after the surgery, that the battle wasn't quite over. And I was dealing with just the trauma that happened in the last four months or so, having to be apart from my daughter and everything kind of hitting me with like a ton of bricks and not really knowing how to digest all the confusion and chaos as you describe it. That what, it just happened. what was happening at that time in your life? Were you teaching? Were you a stay-at-home mom? When I was diagnosed, <laughs> I had just left teaching. And so we had planned to move down to Orange County, where I'm from. And we were in the process of moving from Northern California when I got the diagnosis. So we immediately moved down and started treatment down in this general area. We always talk about triggering events. Do mm-hmm. you remember triggering events that added to the emotional, physical, spiritual dis-ease that you were in. Cancer is complicated and there are many factors, but our focus is addressing all of them, but certainly focusing on bringing them all into alignment, right? And going right after the mind. 
the heart, the will, the conscience, the feelings, and bringing those into alignment. What were the triggering events that destabilized you? I think actually for as long as I can remember the way I process different things that have happened to me or circumstances has triggered an an unhealthy emotional life. And I think I was believing a lot of lies too about myself and other people. So when certain triggering events happened, you know, that all came into play. In the course of just doing life, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I needed a different way to process things that had happened prior in my life and also the going through the, the cancer journey. Breast cancer is so common that sometimes I find that we lose sensitivity for what it's like to live with it for any period of time. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, one day I'm feeding, breastfeeding my baby girl and she was had just, she was a little over, no, she had just turned one. And two months later, I lost my breast. I had about a week's notice before, you know, that they told me that it was time to do the surgery. And even though it was something I knew that was a possibility, it still was a little shocking and you still have to process and digest what's about to happen. And so I went from this thing on your body that's life-giving and to now it's gone. And so there was an element of what the heck just happened. Yeah, and how do I how do I deal with this? Yeah, and I think it's everything that comes with breastfeeding, right? Uh-huh. It's tender, it's mm-hmm. bonding, it's connecting. So you feel like you're not just losing maybe a part of your body, but you're losing a connection. Yeah, yeah, a way a way to connect with your your child, child right? Yeah. And I already dealt with that by having to suddenly stop breastfeeding right. once I was diagnosed. So it was mm-hmm. sort of a sudden, you need to stop breastfeeding, and then two months later you know, you're going to lose it. It's a significant example of something we can grow a little bit callous to or insensitive to because it's becoming so common. Well, you came in that day. I came in that day and I was kind of a hot mess. Hmm. And my mom and my husband both felt like I had needed a little additional support and help because I was, you know, kind of going through a little bit of a depression and just needed to take care of my daughter and was not feeling like I was being a great mom or wife or daughter. So Leslie, one of the things that I think is important to mention is I can tell a lot about where we're headed with clients and patients according to how they navigate through the emotional complexities of negotiating these states of disease. And I'm going to be real honest with you. When you first came into my office, I wasn't sure how things were going to turn out. And I wasn't sure you were going to make it. It's the diagnosis. It's the move. It's the baby. It's the Mm -hmm. fear. It's that not knowing. It's the learning curve. It's everything, right? Yeah. It just hits you at once. Yeah. But two, three, four sessions into it, I thought, no way, this girl's a fighter. And she is like a dog with a bone. Things that had happened both during the cancer and also prior that were unexpected and I was shocked by and just not really able to process that properly. Well, when we're working, right, and we're all really busy and we're going about life, 
We don't understand the consequence of that busyness like we do, right? When we start learning about these disease states, and I always say whether it's an autoimmune disease or cancer or anything like that, we really until recently didn't have the resources to make the connection between these emotional states and these diagnoses that we're getting at pretty alarming rates. Mm -hmm. Well, what I was so intrigued by was the fact that you were going to get to the root cause. Mm -hmm. And I've always been about that. I grew up in a very naturopathic, holistic house. And oftentimes that deals with the root cause. And so that's, I knew that that's what I had to get at and understanding what the emotional constitution of that, of cancer was for me was important. I knew in, in my healing moving forward. Well, I remember you cried a lot. I did. And I remember, (laughs) I kept saying, oh, good, good. And you looked at me (laughs) crying one day and laughing. Good. What's good about that? But it's wonderful because when you can identify feelings, problems, unforgiveness, unresolved conflicts, things that you never talked about, but you didn't think were a big deal. I remember how impressed I was by your ability to just answer questions very clearly, very directly. And she was articulate, yeah, clear, direct, concise. And you cried a lot. But I thought this is so good because there's so much decompression and release going on. One of the things that I found encouraging in working with you is that you were willing to put all those puzzle pieces on the table. And as I carefully began to assemble them to see what kind of a picture we're looking at and to see what's missing, it wasn't always easy. But you not only showed up to do the hard work, but when I asked, who else can we bring into this discussion and how fast can we get them in here, you brought two people. And I'd like you to describe a little bit about First, it was mom. Mm-hmm. I think I invited, and well, I invited whoever you wanted to bring in. But mom came in, and then Joe came in, your husband. And it was such a joy to work with both of them. But talk a little bit about what that process was like. Your eyes got real big at first. <laughs> but. Well, like everybody, everybody has things in their family that you don't that are difficult to talk about. But I would, I, I would emphasize everybody. Yeah, absolutely. all of us do. You know. We all do. And so, of course, I'm no different from that. And I thought it was an opportunity for other people in my family to receive some healing, too. And so, of course, invited my mom and and then Joe, because between the, the cancer diagnosis and that process for us, we were doing a lot of traveling for my integrative treatment, and it just took a toll. And I think even prior to the diagnosis, we were going through some, some difficult times. And so it was a good opportunity for us to work with somebody who was going to help us with communication and understanding everything that was going on around us. Such a great story because I remember your mom came in, I think, with you or no, she came in alone the first time. And I tell you, she was just like you, transparent, honest, completely just said whatever it takes I loved that. And of course, Joe was amazing and had a similar attitude. But I think what impressed me so much 
was something that I blew off years ago when a client said to me, you work with a person, but you bring healing to a family. That's what sets you apart. And you are not afraid or you don't have issues with bringing everybody into the discussion. Only as the primary person I'm working with consents. And it's been probably one of the most satisfying parts of my job is to work with one person, but bring healing to a family. And I watched that happen. It was transformational. Oh my gosh. In the dynamics of how you guys all began to. I think Joe and my mom would, you know, from their own eyes have a possibly a different take, but um, it just helped me. And I mean, not just with them, but with everybody just helped me broaden my perspective on how I interact with them and staying regulated. And of course, the Saraset help with that too and decompressing the central nervous system. And it just, I would say, calm me down. Calms you down. Yeah. It's neat. It changes you and then you see the impact it begins to have on other people. Mm-hmm. That's why rest is about reconciling these things within ourselves because it's like a set of dominoes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And on the way back from Mexico, we were having the 40 days of rest Zoom call, and I had the opportunity to share with Virginia and everybody else that I was cancer-free. I'd received the results from my scan. That's amazing. That was amazing. I'm certain that the emotional work that we did together was instrumental in my healing and will continue to be instrumental to make sure that nothing ever comes back. As a man thinks in his heart, so So he he is, is. right? Mm -hmm. And I am thankful you made that point, and I encourage everyone to make the point, because in allopathic medicine, right, it's not something that they have time or resources generally to address. There are some amazing doctors that try, but there just isn't the time. However, we know that over 90% of all disease states have an emotional root cause, And so reconciling, whatever that is, cuts the air supply, right, or the fuel to the disease state. So it's wonderful when we have an outcome like we were able to experience with you. However, those of you that know me and that have worked with me for any length of time, you know that we want to intercept this. We want to eliminate We want to diminish the crazy diagnostic culture of these diseases. We want to eliminate, we want to reduce the likelihood of people getting sick. We want to prevent it. We want to prevent it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as much as we can. And yes, there's environmental factors, certainly. But there's the emotional factors that have enormous consequence. There's a lot of misinformation about cancer. And people have... All kinds of different perspectives. Tell us a little bit about what that was like for you. I think that I've had a handful of people during the course of this because my brother also battled. He's fine now, but he battled cancer as well about about ten years ago now. Even my father, and so it's it's run its course in my family. And so while it might appear that it could be genetic. I knew for myself, at least, that that wasn't necessarily the case. That, again, going back to my belief in root causes, that there was an emotional component to this. And that's what I needed to get at. And that's something within my control, too. I can't control necessarily my genetics or things in the environment to a certain extent, but I can control how I process things moving forward. Mm -hmm. That's great. Genetics, 
lifestyle, emotional, environmental factors. And we did the first segment to launch this conversation about breast cancer with Liliana. And she talked about practical things that we can do to eliminate environmental factors that could be playing a role in the disease. But thank you for mentioning that because there are a lot of different perspectives on treatments and responses to these disease states. So thank you for that, for, for sharing that. Of course. I think I knew in my heart what I was searching for was freedom. And this Virginia offered an opportunity to help me find that. And that's been the ultimate gift from, from you and from rest. Oh, so thank you. That's our goal, right? We always say, who knows how much time any of us have here on earth, right? But whether it's a week, a month, or 20 or 30 more years, we want you to be free. Mm-hmm. And it's wonderful. Yeah. I always say healing is not about chasing the cure. There is no cure. We all have an appointment with destiny. But healing's about freedom. And I want to create resources, right? And provide resources and provide a space and a place where we can maximize the amount of freedom that you can access and live with. But I need to do that alongside of you. And I just want to thank you so much for how you've shown up to the discussion because we did it and you're cancer free. And I think it's a great story. And I want our listening audience to find hope in your story because this is not as unusual as you think it is. Yeah, unfortunately, I think I'm one of very of many who are dealing with cancer and breast cancer in particular. And it is, it's rampant. In honor of the numbers, it's astounding. And how many cancer patients I have that I see individually. Natalie and I and the team have been talking about how do we facilitate, how do we give more people access to some of these resources. And so we're going to be announcing a call, a Zoom call that I'll have with our listening audience and anybody else who has breast cancer. And they can join that Zoom call. We're going to try to make arrangements to do that. And I'll have several guest speakers there as well. But I'd like to meet for at least an hour and a half once a week. But instead of doing individual work, it's far more expensive than coming together as women and working as a group. Then from that, when there's specific things that we need to unwrap, we can do that separately. But it's a way to make everything more affordable. Yeah, we really want to create multiple communities within rest because there's some people that really relate with with cancer and with breast cancer and then there's other people that really relate in regards to marriage and relationships and we want to bring all those people together to really reason through all of these topics so we're and really, principles right and yeah, the principles of rest exactly and so we're we're working on expanding that so keep your eye on instagram on facebook on this podcast because we will be announcing all of those things and actually another thing that i wanted to announce as well if you missed our october afternoon of rest our next event is on november 13th at the villa and revolves around loving others well you can also bring a spouse child or parent with you for 75 percent off the registration fee it's the perfect theme before entering into thanksgiving with our families so don't Mm -hmm. miss out also virginia and i will be in nashville tennessee yes november 8th and 9th for an afternoon of rest hosted by tiffany arbuckle lee otherwise known as 
Plum. So if you are in that area, we would love to see you there. All of the information and registration for both events are under our events tab on virginiadixon.com. So before I close us out, thank you both for being here. Thank you, Leslie, for sharing your incredible story. I'm so happy that you're able to make it. And I, I know that everyone's going to get a lot out of this. I'm excited for it. Good. I hope thank everyone you. finds hope Yeah. in Leslie's story. Absolutely. Cancer doesn't have to be a death warrant. That's right. Mm -hmm. It's not the final word. That's right. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. All right, everyone. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.